You are watching the End of the Flow podcast, Sleeveless Edition. All right, welcome, Flomies, to another edition of the Sleeveless Edition of the End of the Flow podcast. And uh, I'm here with Corey Klimas of Coastal Window Cleaners, right? Coastal Cleaners, yeah. Coastal Cleaners Window Cleaning out there in the New England area. How you doing, Corey? Doing pretty well. Good deal. Thanks for having me on tonight. Appreciate yeah, it. absolutely. So you are have recently been added as uh, one of the moderators for Into the Flow. How are you enjoying that so far? So far, so good. Yeah. Not too bad. Kind of just dipping my toes in the water a little bit. Yeah, it can take some time. Time out of the day, you know, and then uh, there's always yeah. the times with the, the mod chat that you'll come into uh, 50 unread messages. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of times I'll, I'll crash out, you know, we got with the baby at home right now. We don't, the sleep schedule is a little nutty. So I'll, I'll nod out like 830 sometimes. Sometimes I'm up late. Sometimes I nod out super early and I come up and I'm like, oh my God. I'm trying to scroll back. You got to catch up. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't help that we're covering all, all four time zones. Yeah. So we've got somebody in pretty much every time zone. And, and, uh, so at, at some point, you know, somebody from the West coast is, is still up and, you know, we get chatting about something. And yeah, actually, I, yeah. I've, I've literally nodded off, went to sleep in the middle of the chat before. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, how's things going out there for you with all the 2020 stuffs going on? It's, it's been an interesting interesting is an understatement but it's it's a different year um this is the first year that i've done pretty much 90 percent of the work solo and it wasn't really planned to be that way um i had someone lined up for coming in in april which is i'll start getting phone calls usually mid-march start booking out you know i'll start working 20 30 hours a week towards late march and then by middle of april i'm really rolling with full time and i can start you know, thinking about bringing somebody else in. I had a guy lined up. Obviously, COVID kind of shut everything down. Yeah. Completely shut down for about six weeks. And at that point, brought me to the beginning of May. And that's when, I mean, everything, like the floodgates just opened. And it was not, it's not an ideal time to bring someone in because you don't have the time or the resources to train and produce. Yep the work that I need to be producing to keep up with the, with the demand. Yeah. It can so definitely it would, be a double edged sword trying to balance the work, but then it can almost make more work when you have somebody that's unseasoned and you're yeah. trying to get them up, up to speed and you have to end up going back and a lot of it's times impossible. you fix them. It's, yeah. it's impossible to bring someone in. I mean, you're throwing them. It's not fair to them. And my experience has also showed me that it's, it's too stressful. It's too much for me to bring someone in late in the season because I, I go a hundred miles an hour from May one to July 31st. That's like, I, I would say I make probably 60% of my yearly income in that three month time period. Okay. I mean, pretty, it's definitely over 50%. It's like, that's definitely the lion's share of, of the business here in new England. So trying to, to produce at the level I need to produce at for that three month time period. You can't be babysitting. You're pulled away and you know, I'm up on a ladder. And then every five minutes, can you come help 
with this? Yep. Can you show me how to do this? I can't figure out this. Where is this tool? And then next thing you know, like I've gotten maybe a half hour of work done in an hour's time. My, yeah. my production's cut in half. So you're spending more time on the job having someone. I mean, the bad help is, is worse than no help. That's, that's basically I agree. what I boil it down to. And it's not necessarily their fault, but I just, I can't dedicate the time to training them. Yeah, I, I even had that discussion with my daughter this last week. I'm like, I need to spend more time with you to get you to a point where you can go do more than just basically storefront level windows and, and be able to be somewhat proficient at it. And it's my fault because I haven't taken enough time yeah. to show all the details. And it can be pretty tough. You know, we've been doing this stuff for a long time and it comes easy to us. So a lot of times what I've found is when you're trying to train someone or teach somebody the right ways to do things, you skip some of the little details that we don't yeah. even think about anymore. Yeah, it's the mindless things that just kind of, they just happen for you. Yep. So, yeah, you know, I, I even had to sit back and go, okay, you know, she's been working with me full time for about a year now. She worked on and off before that, but most of it was just seeing what I do and it needs to be more than just seeing it's it's like yeah, it's the book um, what you do it's it's you explaining each little each little part of of everything you do and then also watching you have to take the time also to step away from the window yeah. and watch her and then pick up on those little things if she's skipping like one minor little detail that that maybe makes her a little more efficient or maybe you know just speeds everything up a little bit so it's, it's definitely, it's a time commitment to training someone efficiently. And I found this year that I'm not, I'm not at that point. And I don't know if I will get back to that point where I, where I'll bring somebody else on. Yeah. Well, you know, Chris Doolin and I had that conversation that it was, it was almost, well, not almost, it was a, liberating feeling for him not to have to worry about employees this year. And he had had, I think four or yes. five full-time people at one yep. point. Um, and because of, uh, you know, things out of his control, he had to lay the, everybody off. And now he's found that that stress of having people work for you is gone and he yep. feels better about the work he's doing. And he's actually back to having fun and enjoying his job again. So, yeah. You know, I was kind and that, of in the same exact position this year. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I've, I've said it several times, but that's why I did the class that I did, uh, not this one, but the huge convention before about being profitable as an owner-operator. If you want to stay small, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I downsized majorly to get to where I'm at today, but it was all on purpose. It wasn't like I failed at the job I was at before and go, well, I guess I got to do it all myself. Now. I just yeah. I don't want the headache. Yeah. I, w I would have never, I would have never thought, I mean, I guess that's kind of a blessing in disguise with the way that COVID changed this year because I would have never approached the year and been like, all right, I'm going to tackle this year by myself. Right. Knowing the volume I've done for the last five to 10 years, the volume of houses, and the way the business was growing, it almost seems like insane to think I'm going to go tackle that by myself. But this year I was able to kind of, first of all, I was able with myself and two 
one full-time, one part-time, and then another person that helped occasionally last year. So three other people, not full-time guys, but you know, sometimes it's four of us on the job. I was able to do about 80% of the volume for May, June, and July this year that I did last year with the, with that staff of, wow. so it was, it was nuts. I mean, I worked, well, it's, it's, I saw the it, times yeah. this year. <laughs> and it's interesting to see what you can do when you have to. You yeah. Know. And again, you're, you're not paying payroll. You're not, you're not stressed out about how to organize the daily, you know, the, all the work for the day. Like, all right, how do I make sure everybody's staying busy? You know, everyone's finishing at the same time. No one's standing around waiting for someone else to finish. Yeah. And then not the most important thing and the best thing. And my wife and my kids will attest to this is coming home from work and not spending 30 minutes going through all the stresses and all the anxiety and all the BS that I had to deal with, with employees. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's be honest. You're, some people are lucky they got good employees. I've had in the, I've been doing this 15 years by myself, um, another five years with another company, which I was very lucky with that company. And he had a lot of good guys, but in the 15 years on my own, I had one person that I would bring without question. I would bring her back today full time, but one out of the countless, countless employees, I had one that was great. It's tough. It, 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 and I think it's gotten exponentially harder um, over the last 10 years. You know what, what I dealt with uh, in when I left the janitorial company in 09, what I was dealing with as far as employee issues then are, they're similar, but they're a lot more, I don't even know what the right word, um, explosive or, you know, there, there just seems to be more of an opportunity for really bad things to happen nowadays. And, and that has just got me to the point where I'm going to do everything that we can possibly do ourselves. You know, there's been a few times that we've gotten really busy and Anthony's come over and he's helped out. And for me, it's much less stressful to pay a little bit of extra to have a sub come in and get us over a hump than yeah, it is to try to bring somebody that's in. That's a blessing about this group too, that you were able to make that connection. You know, Anthony's solid. You, yep. you know what he's capable of. I mean, he's a seasoned window cleaner. He's, he knows he's been around and you're bringing in someone that you're, you don't have to babysit. You don't have to worry about at all. You just, you know what you're going to get from him and it's going to yep. be to your standards. Yeah. He's come over, uh, two different jobs this year as well. Same building, but two different times. And this last one, I just took him in and got him badged at the hospital and then I can cut him loose. I don't even have to be there to get him started. Yep. I just show him the areas he's got to go. He's got his badge. He can get in and you're good to go. And then that yep. gets him in several other buildings that I'll, that I've got coming up now too. So, that, that, again, to me, was a much better opportunity. Yeah, one, it's helping him out. Yep. Um, it's also helping us. And then I just – I don't have to lay anybody off. I don't have to worry about, you know, trying to get more work to just keep somebody busy and then yep. all the headaches that go with it. So I totally get it. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to look at it. Now, in uh, the area that you're in, you have a lot of historical homes. You were yep. talking the other day about a house that was what, 230 or 40 years old? 240 years. 
And that is crazy. They had a handful of the original windows still in it. Which is 240 just years. So somebody that possibly is, if my math is right, I, and I'm, uh, I'm not good at math, but somebody that possibly could have fought in the Revolutionary War would have been, could have yes. lived in that house? Oddly enough, uh, the town I was working in, Stonington, Connecticut, um, there is a, I'm not a history guy. I know a little bit about it just for working in this area, living in this area for so long. The Battle of Stonington was a very crucial point in the war. Um, the British, uh, British fleet was trying to get to land there. And there's a cannon still down there. Cannon Square is still down there. They have the cannon. It sounds better to just say there was one cannon. There might have been more than one, but it was a small militia group. There's a cannon still there. I, I, the story I've heard is that there was one cannon and they held off the British fleet from reaching the shore. Wow. With a small militia and one cannon. So, I mean, this is an area, it's like one of the first settled areas over here. One of the original colonies, uh, that yep. old New England style home. There's a lot of cut-ups out here. Um, but yeah, 240 years old. So I just, I was thinking about it when I was there. Like this person just could have potentially just fought to win their independence from Britain. And then they built that house within you know three or four years after that wow that that's that's hard to think about <laughs> it, that's just it, was, it gave me chills when i thought about it yeah I got I thought about it and you think about the history of the generations that were in the house 240 years how many people lived there how many families came through a property like that yep yeah that it was it was cool but it's also one of those jobs where and i i put the video up I had to troubleshoot some things that you don't really, the first thing I noticed is, you know, taking the storms out, it's a nine over six window. So the back sash is, is taller than the bottom. So when you go to take the second storm out, it was too tall. It wouldn't fit through the gap. So my initial thought, cause I didn't, I didn't really study the components of the window yet was to go out and see if I could actually pull the frame of the storm off, just pull that whole thing off, take the screws out. That might've been the easiest way to do it. Cause you couldn't reach under this. They were so thin, the sashes, it couldn't, you couldn't even like reach under and just give a wipe on both sides. My hand wouldn't fit in there. So I go out and the storms, all the screws on the storms had been painted over several times. You weren't going to get those off. So then I'm in scratching my head and looking the left. There's a strip of wood on the left that had three screws in it. That is, it releases. And that was the design to put those in. So you slide these, the sashes in and you put that in and that's the guide where the sash slides up and uh, down. The painters, not a lot of painters know, anybody who does maintenance on these houses, um, not a lot of them know from a 240 year old window how to properly you know, do the upkeep on it so you can yep. still take it apart if you need to. So I look, the screws have been painted over. The strip, like somebody saw that gap, a painter saw the gap and he just, just mopped it. I don't know if he shot caulk in there or what, but that gap was gone. So I had to you know, take the screws out, I had to score the gap with a knife and then pull it out and then the, they came out. I said about 150 curse words throughout the, <laughs> the duration of that job. But at the end of the day, you know, you look back at the work, you're like, wow, I just washed the windows and they look amazing at a house that 240 years old.
Yeah, that's got to be and some. And the owners probably they had there might have been some dirt on that glass that was two hundred and four years old. <laughs> now we could probably have about a four or five hour podcast if we wanted to talk about the right ways to do historical homes, uh, historical glass. So for the sake of time and what we're doing here, what are some things if somebody gets a opportunity to quote this a historical home, um, whether it's a hundred years old or 200 years old, whatever it is, what are some things that they should look for in your experience that would either tell them they need to call somebody to get some uh, better information to know yeah, or I mean, to walk away? First, depending on your experience level. I mean, if you're, if you have a little bit of experience working on some older windows, if you're someone who's newer and you've never seen a home, I would just, I would just say it's out of my league, walk away. Um, if you have a little bit of experience, it's going to be a lot of trial and error. First of all, you're going to go into a house and anybody who's worked with storm windows, you know, old sashes knows the job never goes perfectly smooth. There's always something that's going to trip you up. Yeah, But if you're approaching a job like that, to quote it, the most important thing and one thing I would be adamant about doing is do a thorough, you have to go into the house. I would check, unlock the windows. And some of these, the sash cords, you know, the ones with the weights in them, you unlock that window. If those cords and the weights aren't attached, those sashes come crashing quick. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of little things wow. you do and you just – you don't think about it. Well, when I go into an old home and they have the sash cords, I grab that top sash with this hand and then I unlock that way. If that has no weights, you know, I, I have my hand there to catch it because I've done it before where you unlock it and the thing comes crashing down. Yep. Same thing. We open the, the bottom sash. Don't just open it and then let it go and think that you're good because it could come crashing down. I actually had a client, probably about six years ago, they hired me to do an old home. He lost three fingers trying to do his, his windows. He had old sashes with the storms. The weight wow. wasn't attached. And when he opened it, it kind of jammed itself just a little bit. And when he reached to pull the storm out, it let go and it came down and crunched. He had two and a half fingers. I mean, he's got, these fingers are completely gone and the, and the ring finger is halfway gone. Wow. So Just again, trying to open his windows thing. to clean them. <laughs> well, the funniest part about the story, that story was, um, so the wife called me the year after he lost his fingers. She's like, Oh, I want to get this for him as a uh, father's day gift. I want to gift him, you know, have someone come in and professionally clean the windows. So I do the job and, um, the whole thing was like secretive. I came and quoted it when he wasn't there. I started the job. I mean, the job took a long time. So he had come in while I was working on it. So afterwards I go to hand her the bill. She's like, Oh, you can give it to my husband. <laughs> I was like, that's a good father's day gift. Give him the bill. Wow. He didn't lose any more fingers though. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's, I suppose I would be happy to pay the bill if I had yeah. lost my fingers to a window and somebody else had come in and cleaned it successfully. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the main thing. If you're going to quote it, inspect everything so there's well, and no that's really good to know especially if you have employees because you could have an employee that have that happen to them and they yeah. lose a finger or two and, and that's, another, that's another thing that brings me back to um the stress of 
when I do take on one of those jobs, and I would take on less of those when I had more people, because I mean, a standard job, you're getting pulled away from what you're doing a handful of times an hour to, to go and explain something or teach something on a job like that. I'm not getting anything done if I have three people there because yeah. they can't, I mean, there's so many issues and so many little things that you, that you have to, that you have to know about those old windows or you're setting yourself up for failure. So when you bring three people into the house, I mean, my, my anxiety would be through the roof trying to bring three people into a job like that. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, not only someone possibly getting hurt, something breaking, you know, windows breaking, it was just, I, I don't mind doing those because I've been doing them for so long, but it's not a job you're going to bring someone, someone new in and feel comfortable and confident letting them go. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And, and that's, that can be hard to do is, is walk away. You know, it, sometimes yeah, it's just it, the entrepreneur in this or the adventure. Like, ah, I want to, I, I can do this. I want to be able, but you know, losing a finger over it is definitely yeah. not worth <laughs> cleaning somebody's yeah, window. That back. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. window breaks, you can fix it. You lose a finger. That's, that's gone. Man, that's crazy. Never even heard me. I didn't even, I'm now I've had some fingers bruised from oh, yeah. storm windows coming down on, on my hand before. Yeah. And, and that's one of yeah, the I reasons don't, I don't, I don't do them. Glass, I don't know if the glass broke and cut his, I don't know exactly what, I mean, these, these were pretty big windows. They were heavy window, heavy wooden sashes. So when one of those comes crashing down on you. Well, I mean, my, uh, guess well, where my wife works now, granted it's a punch press, a stamp press, but um, they had a guy that got his hand caught and it didn't cut his fingers off, but it smashed his hand to the point they had to amputate it. Yeah, that could have so, been. So it could be something like that where it's just not repairable. Yeah, you can't and fix it. And you can't fix it in the, the best bet to avoid any type of um, infection and ongoing problems is to amputate. So, yeah. Yeah, that, because again, I, the business side of me thinks, wow, if that was an employee, all the work comp you got to deal with. Whew. Yeah. So, the, I mean, those jobs, there's not, there's not a lot of people want to take them. And then a lot of the newer generation doesn't, wouldn't know how to approach them, you know, efficiently. But again, yeah. I mean, you, you learn, everybody had to learn. So you can learn the hard way. Uh, you can definitely, I don't, I don't want to say lose money, but you can, you can definitely have a long day on there you price the job wrong and you're in, you're in for a, you're in for a long, tough day. Oh, tough yeah. Stuff. Well, the, the thing is, like in my experience, the, the jobs that have taught me the most, I made the least on because I, yeah. I, I probably messed a bunch of stuff up and I had to come back and fix. And, you know, I've always said that the, the things you fail at are the things you don't forget. You know, yep. you could do it wrong a hundred different times and you just didn't know you were doing it wrong. But that time you do it wrong and it something screws up pretty bad. Yeah, that's, that's what you remember. Great. That was another uh, video I put up a few, maybe a couple months ago with the, the weights in the walls. Mm -hmm. and I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. I was uh, back in the company I started for back in 2001, 2002. There was still a lot of the, Hey honey, come on in and say hi. My daughter drew me a picture. Oh yeah. Come on and say hi. Hello. Uh, this is Addison. Hi. Hello. It's Kevin. What picture did you draw? 
Um, I drew the picture of Inside Out. Oh, that's a good movie. I love that movie. Who's your favorite character in that movie? Disgust. <laughs> ah, that's a really good, I love that movie. We, we uh, my wife and I actually, a couple of months ago, sat down and watched that. It was like, it's I think cool. right when stuff was kind of shutting down and we didn't have a whole lot to do, I'm like, well, so turn that movie. That's a great yeah, there's movie. There's been a number of times where we put on kids' movies and they'll either like leave the room or go to bed or go, and I'm just, I'm like still in there like, and I look around, I'm the only one left in the room. I'm like, wow, I'm still into this movie. <laughs> yep. yep. I'm by myself watching Disney movie, but they do a pretty good job with them. Yeah, and if I want to get uh, Celeste to watch a tearjerker, I just let her watch Up. She'll oh, cry every time. They wash the windows in Up. There's actually two window washers in Up. Yeah, I've, I've seen the one. I, I the didn't remember those two. Does their own windows at one point, and then I think there's a uh, somebody on a on a scaffold or something at one point too. Yeah. Russell. He hangs on the balloons. <laughs> yep. Or the house got Yeah, some of those some of those moves are pretty good. That they and that good. uh inside out, I thought they did a great job with that. So we know know some of the things not to do now as far as historical homes go. Now one of the other things you deal with out there is salt water, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're most of my work is um I'm on the shoreline. I cover probably five or six towns right along the shoreline. Okay. Ninety percent of my work is—I mean, I, I have a water view four or five days a week. You know, usually at, le at least four days a week. They usually have a water view, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, I see some of those pictures. They're—they're they're great. Yeah, it's—it's it's, um, so the salt is something that's—it's definitely different on the older windows. The storm windows, the clips, the salt corrodes those clips. So if you, when you do take them apart, you got to clean those out really good. You take a brush, some soap in there. And if you don't maintain those, you know, you go to pull those clips and then they snap. Yep. So it's definitely, the salt is, is a big issue around here. And it gets all, any component, even on the newer windows, you got you to gotta flush that out. And that's why the water fed pole has been, you used to have to do that all by hand. You know, you're trying mm. to scrub into all the nooks and crannies and the crevices and the water fed pole is just so good at getting in those spaces and rinsing everything. Yep. So much more efficiently than trying to do it all by hand. Yeah, that's that's one of the things I've always liked about doing water fed work is I can just rinse and rinse and rinse and get you know, um matter of fact I, I did a kind of a sales thing one time and it was one of the things I focused on was the weep holes. And in in around here, there's a lot of homes, especially on the north side of the house, that doesn't get any sun, is those weep holes will build up with moss and mildew, and then they get plugged, and then yep. that water will back up. So yeah, I've great. actually taken my pencil jet and just sprayed into those, and the amount of gook that just comes flowing out of there um, it helps maintain the window. So it's not just a, an appearance issue. So no, definitely not. Uh, yeah, I can see how uh, flushing all that salt, salt out could be really good. Yeah. And it, the most important thing is, and it's the areas you can't really see, but the salt, the wind comes off the water and the salt is in the air and it gets into, into the areas you can't really see as well. Mm -hmm. But once it gets into some of those components, like the pivots on the tilt in windows and the, and the guides and everything, once it gets in there and any of those metal components, even if it's stainless steel parts, like eventually they wear 
the stainless steel wares and the salt will just eat those up. Yeah. So a lot of the jobs I'm doing, you know, twice a year or more and your, your upkeep is better. So you're going to get more life out of the window. But if you don't do that, some of these houses you go in, windows maybe six, seven years old, but they've never had them cleaned. And you notice the parts are just falling apart already. Good night, honey. Yeah, that can, that can be, good night. That can be a, a big add on to, uh, you know, promoting your business that it's, it's helping with the, the maintenance and the upkeep of the, of the glass because yep. pure water is the, is a great way to do it when around here, I'm sure you guys run into it too. Uh, we do some carpet cleaning. So a lot of the entryways into buildings get the, all the salt build up yep. over the winter and I'll actually fill up with pure water and I'll run my carpet machine off of the pure water tank because water doesn't like to stay pure and salt is a mineral. So it basically acts like a chelating agent and it just absorbs yeah. that salt, salt. In, yeah. into that water. And then yeah. I just flush, flush, flush and, and get rid of it. And it actually sense. works better. Yeah. So I can see yeah. it doing There's the no same thing. There's no question that's it's more efficient and it works so much better than, than trying to clean those traditionally. There were a few jobs that I would do and it was almost like doing double duty before I got into the pure water cleaning. Um, I would take, I would power wash around the windows first. I would take the power, you know, take a power washer, go up and just blast all the little nooks and crannies, blast the glass, get most of the salt off and then go back and hand wash everything. Cause that's really the only way you're not getting in there with a rag. You're not getting in there with yep. a towel. I mean, a lot of those little the tracks and everything, it's almost impossible to get your finger in there. So I would, I would blast it all out with water and then go back and, and hand wash it. Yeah, I've actually thought about taking a small power washer. When I wash my truck, um, it's, I've, I've just got just a little small electric, you know, that I used for cleaning the vehicles. And I hooked pure water to that. So that when I'm spraying everything off, I don't have to worry about water spotting. And then of course I rinse with it, but I've thought about on some windows where again, that North side and sometimes the East side where they just really get built up with all kinds of different gunk and stuff is to take that electric power washer with the pure water and kind of yep. spray in there and get a, you know, a little bit more detail without having to, to run the big unit. So yeah, I could see that being, being a, a an option that would really help and again that, yeah. that that could be marketing because you can yeah it is it definitely is you can add to the maintenance and longevity of the window it's not just an aesthetics thing which a lot yeah, of people just i pitched that i'm at a point where especially after the last couple of years i'm not really trying to i'm not marketing to grow right now my clientele is is mostly repeat clients it's um maintenance cleans but i i explain to every one of them like the importance of doing it especially on the shoreline, doing it regularly. Don't just call me and then, you know, have me back four or five years. Like you, you just spent millions of dollars on a oceanfront house, like yep. protect the investment. Windows are ridiculously expensive now if you buy a good window. Oh, yeah. And some of these houses have 70, 80, 90 windows. They're spending a quarter of a million or more just on windows. I mean, it's worth every penny to have them clean two or three times a year. Yep. So you don't have to replace them again in 15 years. Is it just the seaside that ends up getting the, the bulk of it or does that still wrap around the whole house and affect the whole it depends, house? Like, it depends. 
the New England shoreline is like, it's really curvy. So you have a harbor, you know, on one side or a salt pond on one side, whatever, whatever way the wind is coming in, whatever side the storm comes from, mm -hmm. pretty much all sides of the house get it. And if you get one of these days where it's like a dense fog with a little wind coming in, that salt is just hanging in the air and it just develops the whole house. Yeah. So it's everywhere. It's not like one side is every side can get pounded from one day to the next. And I've done houses where I do the windows one day and then you get one of these storms that comes in and it just trashes one side of the house like immediately because the wow. storm came in that way. And they're like, yeah, I know you were just here yesterday, but can you get us back on for at least, you know, the first floor windows on the outside in the next few weeks? Yeah. I had so a customer that, that did that this year. I, it was a referral from somebody and it was an older couple and I didn't really want to do it, but I went ahead and did it just because it was an older couple and I knew they were having trouble finding somebody. And sometimes dishonest people will take advantage of people like that. And then uh, I got the, I finally fitted in and got the windows done. And then a few weeks later, they called me back. They had a friend, a uh, son of a friend or something come out and do some power washing and they splashed all the windows up and asked if I could come back and do it. Unfortunately, uh, I just haven't had the time to do it, but yeah, you know, it's like, Order of I, operations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big time. And of course, it was a house that had storm windows. And, and I don't do much with storm windows. I, I just, yeah. I'm to that point in, in my career, I don't really have to. Um, and a lot of times, if I get the request, I'll either just tell them I don't do storms or I'll just price it and just be honest with them. It's, you know, the, if you didn't have storm windows, it would only be this much. But with yeah, the storms, it, yeah, it's... I've, I've gotten less and less shy. When we start out, you're kind of like, no one's... You, I would write up a quote, and I'd be like, there's no way anyone's going to say yes to this. So then you kind of talk yourself into down. going down. Yep. And now, storm windows, I'm just like, add more, add more, add more, and then give them... Because you know you're going to run into problems. It's not going to be easy. And... You might as well, I mean, you need to be paid for what you're worth for, for doing a job like that. And if they oh, don't sure. want to do it, so be it, but. Well, this house was like 11 windows and I think it took me half a day to do it, you know, and, and yeah. normally, you know, normally on, in half a day doing commercial stuff, I could have a half of the side of a building done, you know, that's yeah. three stories or four stories. So yeah, the job from Saturday, the, um, the 1780 house. It was 14 nine over six windows, two windows were four over four and two doors. And I was there six hours. Wow. I mean, maybe just a little bit over six hours, actually. Got there about 10 o'clock and I didn't get out of there until a little after four. Yeah. Yeah. Because then, then you got double. You got the French paint or the cut-ups and then you've yeah. got the storms on top of it. Taking them apart, too. I mean, if the storm comes out, they can go a little quicker. It's not that bad. But when you... You gotta like basically take the entire window apart. Well, and that's been my thing now. If I do a house that's got storms, I plan on at least half of them not coming out like they're supposed to, and then yeah. if they do, not going back in like they're supposed to. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's always uh, something that's involved in it. When you start washing storms, and that's another thing you learn going back to your other question about um, what to pay attention to if you're going to take on one of those jobs. You can go to a house and all the windows look the same 
but the storms might be different sizes by a quarter of an inch in width. And yep. you'll take a pile of storms out to go wash them. And then if you don't have them in the exact right order when you go back, there's another can of worms you got to deal with. Yeah, I've had that happen. I've had it happen with storms and screens. Yep. Anytime I have a house that I do all the screens on, I'll actually number them. Yep. So yeah, I know. I do that with a lot of them too. Yeah. It's not worth the, it's not there's worth just the been too many times that I've pulled them all out. And like you said, there's just that much little bit of a difference in whether it's how it was made or how it settled into the window that, that was yep. there. And boy, if you don't get them right, man, that can be an absolute. <laughs> there with a rubber mallet. <laughs> oh, man. You're bending the screens. And fr oh yeah, I don't know how many screens I've got. Come on, come on. Can't. Oh no, I bent it. Bow it out in the middle and bow it out in the middle and push that one side in, and then you feel that. Yep. Darn it. Oh man, you know. And then some of them they just don't go back in. I'm like, well, I guess that one's just staying the way it is. Yep. It's not coming. It's not gonna blow out. So I guess that's. Just no, it's definitely not gonna blow out. That's for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I could see that being, you know, definitely a big headache, but. You know, some guys are making good money off doing storms, and if they don't mind doing them, hey, that's yeah, great. Yeah, you can't. You can't. And I, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to get away from them more and more, but occasionally, like the one from Saturday, that's a client I do. She has a couple of rental properties, and that's one of her rental properties. And she doesn't even ask for a price, just says go and do it. And Yeah. So it's one, like, all right, I knew what I was getting into when I got there, and I knew it was going to be a long day, but she she won't flinch at the bill. And she, I mean, she knows what it, what it took. They popped in at one point throughout the day and saw how, what I had to do to take them apart. Yeah. So they're not going to flinch. And she knows I'm, I'm reliable. I'm honest. I've been around for a while. I've been taking care of her houses for seven, eight years. So. Yeah, that's a that's a big thing with it. It's like yeah. the hospital now. We're we bid such little work now. Most of it's just hey, when can you do this? When can you do that? Just bid it in put it on the books. Yeah, just just get it done. Mhm. Mm Cuz that whole stress of not knowing whether it's going to be done right and then having to come back and do it. Um you know, I just did a job the other day my one of my kind I have several contacts at the hospital in different uh, divisions of the hospital that sent me a picture of ceiling vents that were dirty and asked if I could go take a look at it and if I could run a, a vacuum in there and, and see if I can get them cleaned up. And for the most part, it was, it was pretty easy. You know, maybe it took me, I think I was up there about an hour and 45 minutes. And I just sent him an email with some pictures. Hey, everything cleaned up pretty well. You know, the ceiling tiles, some of them really need to be replaced. So you're not really going to get it any better than that. It only took me a little, you know, right around two hours. I'm not even going to send you a bill for it with all the other work that we're doing, it just helps that whole process. The next time he oh, yeah. has something, he's never, he's not asking for, for numbers beforehand, unless it's yep. something that's gotta be approved yeah, above yeah. his head. And it just, it's a great feeling to know that you're not having to bid out and bid against people. Not that we're overcharging them or anything, but it's just an, another, level of stress that we don't have and and it's nice to know yep. that people have that comfort with relationship you. too because they know yeah. that you're i mean it's reciprocal you're providing 
you know, what, what you do, they know your service is good. But on the other hand, like you threw them a bone back by, you know, I'm not going to charge you for, for these things. So the, the relationship, both ends end up, end up benefiting. Yeah. And it's like and the, that's the, the long lasting relationships with your clients. If you're, I do the same thing. Like a, a lot of my good clients, a good friend of mine owns a restaurant and I buy, I go down and I just buy gift cards from, them. yeah, I got, I just buy a bunch of these gift cards, mm-hmm. 25 bucks, 50 bucks for breakfast restaurant and good clients at the end of the day, I just, I flip them a card, be like, here, go down to kitchen little, see my buddy, Jimmy, he'll take care of your breakfast. And it's just giving back little things here and there. It just yep. goes a long way with, with your customer service and your relationship with your customers. So oh, many absolutely. people meet me like I have a, a key hidden somewhere that I know where it is. I have a garage code. They just let me in their house whenever, and they'll leave me a blank check. Yep. It's a job that, you know, it's, it's, they just fill in the number and just text me whatever the price is. Yeah. So just building that trust and that, that relationship is the most important thing. Yeah. That's the difference uh, that I've always talked about the difference between a satisfied customer and a loyal customer. Yeah. You know, that's, for me, the book, uh, Customer Satisfaction is Worthless, Customer Loyalty is Priceless. It's almost been like, a, I would say maybe a textbook for, for the how I base my business interactions on is that I don't want a satisfied customer because the fact is a satisfied customer will shop anywhere. I want a loyal customer so that if somebody comes in and says, hey, I can give you a bid on your windows and I can do it cheaper, they just go, no, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they can even get to them because if Looks somebody like says, guy. Hey, I know somebody, yeah, no, we're good. <laughs> we like our guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and even our contacts, you know, they, if, if somebody above them says, Hey, you know, I noticed we we're paying this for having this done or whatever. Um, you know, can we get that cheaper? They, they'll just be like, no, we could, but we're not going to. <laughs> yeah. And here's why. Yeah. So that's, that's great. So, Definitely on, on historical homes, either know when to walk away or get some instruction yeah. on how to, uh, to do those windows so that you don't just damage, you could damage the window, but you could also damage yourself or one of your yeah. employees as we've heard. Still, that's crazy. I can't believe somebody lost three fingers. Over. Was, yeah, I was like, so I, that job, actually, I ended up uh, taking a measurement and I, I cut a stick. So... So you, when you open the window, the stick fits in there and every single one of them, I mean, most of the cords were snapped in there, which is what I found, which you can kind of, you can open it and then you kind of tilt it a little bit yep. and, then, and then pop it up a little bit more and it'll wedge itself. But do you really want to trust that when yeah. the guy lost three fingers? I mean, I used yeah, to do a lot of like that. Another thing I would do when those cords didn't work, because it was so many years I worked by myself, you open the window and then you got to take the storm out. So I would just use my head and hold the top sash with my head and <laughs> pull the storm. I mean, you figure out a lot of little tricks and things like that when you work by yourself, but then it's just like, all right, I'm getting a stick or you, you know, I, another thing I do wedge something in, in between the sash and the, uh, and the track, you know, I, those little yep. pry bars, yep. um, keep the plastic pry bar or even a putty knife. You just kind of wedge it underneath and then it, it holds it tight, but yeah, it's certainly not worth losing the hand over. No, no, it's terrifying too. 
I mean, I yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things that when I was talking with Chris, it's the things you don't think about all the time. And, and that could be the one thing that changes your career and changes your business forever. Yep. Um, we were talking about that on the IWCA podcast when uh, Jimmy and I were talking about the safety things and how he got hurt. Yeah. You know, to, to walk into a, a house and or a business or whatever, and when you're confronted with a possible safety issue, whether it's something as simple as climbing a ladder, that's all Jimmy was doing before he fell, is, you know, this could be the last window that I ever clean. Is that what I want? Is it worth that? Yep. You know, and, and it's just not. I'm sure yeah. everyone, we've all had our, our close calls, I'm sure. I mean, there's oh, yeah. times where I've definitely taken more risk than I should have in certain situations. And uh, I mean, the one that strikes out in my mind the most was I was on, uh, I was right near the water and it was two houses that were pretty close together. So it was like a wind tunnel coming through. The wind was blowing probably 30, 30 plus that day with gusts a little higher. And I was on a 32 foot ladder. The house is up on stilts. So I'm up on the 32 foot ladder and thank God the stabilizer bracket was straddling the window and it was about halfway up the window. If I had been just below the window, because the wind started pushing the ladder and it started moving and it moved about eight inches and the, and then the stabilizer bracket hit the frame of the window. Wow. And had I been, you know, eight inches lower, I would have went under the window, under the, the trim of the window, and I just, there would have been nothing to stop me. I was actually on the ladder, and I was like, I was shaking like this. For, it took me a good five minutes to compose myself to, to be able to climb down. I've been there. I, I froze. I've never, I mean, I thought for about, um, it was only a fraction of a second, but it seemed like, Oh, a lot longer. I was like, I'm, I'm falling off 32 foot ladder right now. There's nothing stopping me. And then it hit the side and I, I mean, it took me forever to realize that I was safe and I was all right. And I wasn't because I couldn't actually climb down yet. My legs were shaking. Wow. So yeah, until I, I was able to like breathe and get that out of my system, I couldn't even attempt to climb down the ladder. Yeah. Cause what's the, the old saying? First you say it, then you do it. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I would have done that. Yeah. I'm sure I would have. Underwear that day. Woo. Yeah. And, you know, when we're younger, I remember thinking I was bulletproof. There ain't nothing going to hurt me. Yep. Yeah. The company I started out for, I kind of just had this little edge about, like, I got to prove myself. There was a crew. He had six to eight guys at any given time. And um, I was in a new town. When I started this business, my mom had just remarried, relocated there. And I was like, I got to prove myself that I, that this guy made a good call hiring me. Yeah. And these guys, I want these guys to respect me. So I jumped right in, you know, I got into the ladder work pretty quick. I had a little background with ladders working with my dad, you know, doing painting and things like that. So I wasn't afraid of heights, but I was definitely like, like pretty like a daredevil, like risky, like climbing steep roofs and like hanging on oh, to yeah. little ledges wash the windows and then like, you know, like a spider climbing all over the place. But you, yep. I mean, fortunately nothing bad ever happened, but. but it was well, that's the thing. There, a lot of us that have done that, you know, I think that's the uh, admonition to give to 
everybody, but I, I would say especially younger, and I'm just saying that because I knew how I was when I was younger, is you, the things that we did that we got away, away with, we were extremely fortunate that Very nothing fortunate. bad happened. Yeah. But and then if, thing, if one little thing would have changed, we, we might not be walking today. We might not even be alive today. It's just not worth the risk. No, it's cleaning, not. And you learn over the course of time, like, yeah, maybe that seemed like these, like you didn't know a better way to do it then. But now you like your experience kind of teaches you, all right, this is a much more efficient way to do this. You don't have to like hang out the window or hang onto the window trim with your feet on an 11 pitch roof. Yeah. You're doing all you can to like hold on with one hand and wash with one hand. It's, there's always an easier way to do it when you're working that hard and trying that hard and risking that much chances are there's a better way. Yeah. I remember the day when uh, I was ballsy enough to walk a 10, 12 roof. Now I won't, I don't I won't even walk an eight. It's got to be like a six or a four or some flat roof before <laughs> I'll even get on it. I'm like, nope, too steep, too steep. I'm, it, yeah. No. Yeah. But, you know, there was a time when you didn't think about it. You just, you just. Boards, who needs tow boards? No, we'll just get up there and get it done quick. Yeah. And I've literally scampered up a roof to get to a window and had to hold on to something. Yep. And then you get the window clean and then you're like, okay. How am I going to get down now? And I got to slide down to the back, down. Back, down to the ladder or something. Yeah, yeah. It, hope the ladder doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've had that happen too, where the, yeah. the ladder starts to slide or it kicks out a little bit. And again, same thing. You're like, oh I no! This one house, it's got a bank of, of skylights. Like I think there's probably six skylights along the roof, but it's got to be a twelve pitch. I mean, the roof is so steep, and I would climb from the top and then kind of slide down to the top frame of the skylight and then you're literally like you're mm -hmm. on the side and you're just hanging on to the top washing with one hand go back to the top and then step onto the top frame of the next one but i mean as you're all like you're just hanging on to wash and then that grip yep. gives out that one time and see ya <laughs> no no in my old age that window just isn't getting done anymore yeah <laughs> i'll give you a discount i don't care yeah. If I can't get it with a water-fed pole or safely, I'm not doing yeah. it. <laughs> that window can stay dirty. Good deal. Well, I, you know, you got some unique uh, perspectives out there with uh, what you deal with. And I appreciate you giving some insight on it. And again, sometimes it's not always learning what to do. It's learning what not to do. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's, uh, that's another thing like I started I had four years under my belt with another company and then um, he sold the business I mean, this is actually probably a good a good I never really told the story of how how I got started but the guy that I worked for he was like a father to me he was a great guy I worked for him for four years um, he was stuck in a bit of a predicament he was ready to retire and sell his business there was a guy that was there longer than I was, um, probably by about eight years, eight years seniority over me. Wow. He didn't really have a lot of passion for it, mm -hmm. but he, he definitely had, you know, the ability, had the knowledge. He was a good window cleaner, but he just kind of went through the motions. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if it was my competitive side or my just work ethic in general, but I always felt like I had to something to prove 
mm-hmm. and I had to, you know, prove that I was I was going to be the best. And when the guy, he's like a father. This guy's name is Zeb. I'll just start. His name is Zeb. So when he was ready to retire, he was in a pickle. He wanted he wanted to sell the business to me, but he felt obligated to give the other guy the opportunity to buy it. Yeah. So push comes to shove. He ends up um, offering the business to the other guy first. He took the business. I mean, no hard feelings on my end. I mean, everything that guy did for me, I, I appreciate. He was the best man in my wedding. I mean, this, oh, wow. is, this is someone who I look up to, you know, to this day, I, he's, he's like a father to me. And um, so I worked for the other guy for about six months. And I, I knew it was going to be a mess. So I was like, you know what? I'm out. I can't, I can't do this. Um, we just butted heads too much. He had no, he wasn't really even showing up to work. Okay. His first week owning the business, he went away on vacation and left me a list of jobs to do with one other person. And she, she crashed a motorcycle and broke her ankle two days before we were supposed to start our first week <laughs> of work in April of that year. And then, like I'm just, I can't get a hold of the guy. He's in Jamaica, so I'm like, all right, do I, do I just say screw it because it's not my responsibility to, to do this, or do I show him that I'm going to go above and beyond, and do all the jobs? So I ended up doing all the jobs for the whole week by myself. He comes back and he just, I mean, it was this, it was the start of it. He paid me absolute like dick for for what I did for him. I did two persons work for the whole week. He gave me nothing extra. I was like, all right, I'm done. So part of me, like I know the guy wanted to sell me his business and they don't have, they had a falling out. They don't even speak anymore. Him and I still speak regularly. And to this day, he tells me, he's like, I, you were the right guy to take over. But as much as I would have loved to carry on his, his business and his legacy with that, I think it's even better that I did it the same way he did it because I took everything that he taught me and rather than just take over something that he built, mm-hmm. I built the same way that he built. I started from, from scratch and built based off what he taught me. So I think it was, it's a weird feeling and a weird situation because I see that business kind of the reputation kind of went down and I would have loved to like, have carried his, his reputation and his business yep. name. But at the same time, like I am where I am because of what he taught me and I did it the way he did it. So yep. was, I mean, that's just, that's one thing about this business. And I've never really got to tell anybody that, that part of it and how much that means to me that I was able to kind of pay him back by doing it his way. Yeah. Uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a firm believer in that. And yep. to see someone succeed that you've mentored or that you've helped, um, even just given little bits of advice to when they come back to you and say, Hey, I, I did what you told me and man, it worked out great. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Yep. Really no, appreciate you. I mean, it, it, it really, to me, that's part of being successful is seeing other yeah. people be successful in what they're doing. So it may almost mean more to him that you were able to start from scratch 
yep. then I think his feeling kind of changed on it because I, initially I think after the first couple of years he was still getting calls from his clients be like hey what's up with um, your new guy he's not he's uh, not returning phone calls his work you know the work quality's gone down and so he kind of felt bad initially like oh man my my legacy is being tarnished by by this guy I probably should have sold the business to Corey yep and he probably went through that whole feeling of oh man I screwed up and then to see on the other end where I I kind of came you know came up and built my own reputation and my own name and I, I give him the credit. I mean, to this day, I tell him, I learned, I would have never been where I am if it was not for you. Yep. That's There's awesome. zero chance I would have ended up having this interview right now on a podcast for a window cleaning if it was not for that guy. And you might not even be, be where you're at if you had taken over the business. You, you might not Maybe have learned not. This, the same valuable lessons and in, in at some point down the road, it, you could have hit some speed yep. bumps and Absolutely. ended up being a failure. So Absolutely, yep. Yep, like I said, I, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. We're either learning something to do or learning something not to do. Yep. So, you know, that's that's a great way to look at it and that's a great story to, to see where um, mentorship and, you know, caring about, the other person going both ways. You cared about him yep. and his legacy. He cared about you uh, to, to teach you the ropes and show you what to do. And that's, to me, that's the ultimate success story there. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many, how much money the business makes, but it, just having a successful business, that's, that's, that's really yeah. cool. And that's, that's to this day, it's by far the, the, the thing I cherish the most about the career I have is, is that relationship that I had the opportunity to, to build with him. And yeah. it's just, it's, it's just, it's an awesome feeling to be able to, to be successful now and to have him, you know, just to have him kind of look up to me now and, and, and be proud of, of where I ended up. Yeah. Yeah. I know that, that feeling when uh, my dad one time told me he's, this was, many years ago now but he said you you're doing stuff i never even thought about doing you know you're you've taken the business to far different levels than i would have yeah. done it you know and then it's just kind of like wow you know it's having that proud feeling it's having somebody proud of you that's that's an awesome feeling and it motivates you to want yep. to just keep going and keep doing more yeah it's 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 really and that's the best i mean that's the best thing you can you can do to pay them back is to continue to grow and learn. Yep. I mean, you can, you can take what you were given and, or, you know, they give you the foundation, they give you the basic training and you can kind of just stay at that level, that plateau, but to, to keep expanding is really, that's the most important thing. Just to oh, keep and then growing. to add what we're doing over it into the flow with, really you know, is. helping other window cleaners when they get hurt and, yep. and kind of mentoring. It's, it's really more of a mentorship yeah, it is. And it's, group than it is. Uh, in the group, like the, the best thing, the network of people that are willing to help in that group is, is really, you don't see it anywhere else. And you may, you may have a few things to teach, in a group like this, like you have a handful of things you can teach some guys, but I think everybody in this group has 10 times more to learn from this. I mean, there's a wealth of knowledge in this group. Yep. There's experience in so many different things. So if you, you just got to keep an open mind and, and not hesitate 
to ask. And that's a, another great thing about the group. You're so welcoming for questions and advice. Mm -hmm. Someone puts out a question and you're not getting bombarded with trolls and idiots that are shooting you down or calling you a moron. It's people who genuinely want to help. Yep. Yeah, that, that's probably one of the biggest parts. And even us old timers, and there's all kinds of stuff that I learn in there. Just even if it's little tidbits of information, I was doing something a certain way and somebody has a different idea. It's like, yeah, I had to, I had to try that. And yep. lo and behold, it works better than what I was doing before. So It really, I mean, it's true. I mean, if you can teach one or two things, great, but keep your eyes open because you're going to learn a hundred things. Well, if you're not learning something, then, then you're not, they're not paying attention. You know, like I said, I've always said everybody that I come in contact with, I'm learning something from. I'm either learning yep. something to do or a way to be, or I'm learning something not to do or a way not to be. So, you know, education and learning is an ongoing process. And the, the point you get in life where you think you know everything is, is probably the point that you're going to start failing because. Yeah, you're going to start going downhill. Yep. Yep. There's, there's just always too much and I when I do classes for trainings uh, even from janitorial standpoint I always start the class with the quote that people are there arrogant and cocky say I know that and move on and people are who are confident and successful say how good am I at that and seek to improve and I think that's really how the we got to look at is how good am I and yeah. and if I am really good at something well then how much am I sharing the knowledge and how much am I helping other people yeah. There's always ways to improve. Always. You, you always got to, and that's one, that's another thing about, I've gotten good and a good reputation in my area as, as one of the, one of the better window cleaners in the area. There's, I mean, there's a handful of guys. There's another one of my friends I invited this page, Ian Kelly. He's, a, he's been around. I mean, this, he's quality work. He's a good, good character. He's a good dude. I mean, but there's a lot of hacks out there too. Mm -hmm. But the thing that kind of keeps pushing me and, and kind of keeps me going in the right direction is always trying to think of little things to do to get better, little things to do to, to make my service better, quality of work better. And just always, you always have to just keep that, keep the wheel turning there. So you, you can't just stagnate and let yourself plateau and think that you're, you're good enough. Yep. Well, like I talked about with Chris, if you're not growing, you're dying, but that doesn't mean that your business has to have more revenue every year. You know, how are you growing as a person? How are you growing as a business owner? How is the business growing? How are you growing with the community? Whatever it is, there's got to be some type of improvement and growth all the time, or you're, you're going to start going backwards at some point. Yep. Well, great information. I appreciate the time, Corey. And, uh, uh we Definitely see more of you on the uh, end of the flow with being a moderator. Now we'll suck up some of your time and <laughs> lean on you. Well, of course, we just got done with that go uh, fundly, so you came in at, at a good time because it was quite pretty busy before that. But we'll have I another one soon enough. We'll have another one. I can imagine. All right, man. Thanks again for your time. Okay. Be safe. Have a good Thank time you. out there. Appreciate it. Take care.